This is Ann Sher. She's new in school. Next on the Wonder Years. Maybe we could fix her up with somebody. Welcome to the monkey house. So you're gonna ask her out or what? Kevin, I told you, I've already got a girl. Jeff's really not my type. So you're telling me there was nothing going on between you two? What are you, Ann Landers? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Your golf game needs work. Maybe we could go somewhere else. Like where? The point? Well, that sounds nice. And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back. Wonderlings, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. How is everybody doing on this snowy November day? If you guys don't have snow, well, that's great, <laughs> because I do. It's not bad. This is the first snowfall, and it's really not that bad, but that just means that it's going to be just like last winter when we felt like we had six months worth of winter here in Michigan. So, um, whatever. I am enjoying my day off. I'm very happy that I have today off. I went to go see the movie A Star is Born. Um, stars Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And everyone is tell was telling me that it was a really good movie. And I really liked it. You know what I liked even more? The fact that I was the only person watching that movie. I had the place to myself. It was great. Um, so today we are going to get a little bit of um Jeff's backstory. Jeff is one of Kevin's new friends. He started in Season six. Jeff is played by Giovanni Ribisi. So, yeah. Um, before I actually get into the episode, before I forget, I do want to give a shout out to a trivia question from one of the past episodes that I did. The question I asked, I asked on the Facebook page for the podcast and the Instagram and I said, I'll give a shout out on tomorrow's podcast episode to whoever can guess what episode this scene is from. And this scene is Norma's on the bed and Jack's kind of on the floor leaning up against the bed and they are kind of going over their figures. They both have um, little mini notepads and pencils in their hand. And one listener or one follower did answer correctly they said episode 41 faith or season three episode 18 faith same thing so the wonder years the dot wonder dot years dot fan fiction answered correctly so i'm giving you a shout out all right so like i do with all the podcasts. I do like to let those of you know that are new to the podcast, thank you for listening. And if you would love to follow along with the podcast, you can do so at LBOM Wonder Years Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to follow along, you can just like the Facebook page at Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years Facebook page. Also, if you would like to email the podcast, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. 
If you're a regular listener, if you've been listening since the beginning of the podcast, or if you've jumped in halfway through, or if you've been on the bandwagon for a bit, and you like what you hear, I would love it if you guys would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. At uh, Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Now, most of you do know that we are getting down to the wire here on this uh, this um, <laughs> podcast, The Wonder Years, yes. Podcast is coming to an end next month, and it's it's sad, guys, because I've spent almost, it, it feels, it'll probably be about a year and a half come December, so, and I've loved being on this journey, and I love that you guys have come along with me on this journey, so thank you so much. I do have a last Fred Savage movie, and being December next month, the movie is going to be a great tail end to the end of the podcast. It's called Christmas on Division Street, or is it at Divi- on Division Street? And I'm looking forward to doing that. It's a holiday movie, and also I will be re-uploading, re-releasing the Thanksgiving Wonder Years episode, the three Christmas Wonder Years episodes, and the New Year's episode. So, and then that will pretty much close out the Wonder Years podcast. Um, if you have been listening for a while, you know I also do other shows on this podcast as well. I do Mr. Belvedere. Uh, January, I'm going to start the Growing Pains podcast. And American Dreams from time to time. Also, the Silver Spoon as well. And here, so you guys are getting, you're getting quite a bit of different shows. And like I said, I love doing this. This is just really fun for me. And I hope it's fun for you. All right, without further ado, let's, let's get into this. I'm going to read from the booklet, and then we'll do the quote, and then we'll get into the episode proper. Get into the... Here we go. Ooh, we get a spotlight on Giovanni Ribisi. Kevin... Okay. Unpacking. Air date. February 3rd, 1993. Kevin and Winnie fix Jeff up with a new girl in school, but he is reluctant to commit to the relationship because of his attachment to an old girlfriend at his former high school. Featured songs, Tequila by The Champs and Reeling in the Years by Steely Dan. Spotlight on Giovanni Ribisi. When Giovanni Ribisi joined the cast of The Wonder Years as Kevin's new sidekick, that's interesting. Jeff Billings, he was already a TV veteran at age 18. His first job was on Highway to Heaven when he was 11 years old. You know, I'm going to have to check that out because that's on Netflix. Years later, he won critical acclaim for a variety of character roles. The dying medic Wade in Saving Private Ryan. Scarlett Johansson's opportunistic husband in Lost in Translation. I've not seen that. And Parker Selfridge, Sigourney Weaver's cynical foil and avatar. Friends fans remember him as Lisa Kudrow's goofy brother, Frank Jr. Ravisi enjoys a career behind the scenes, too. His work on Avatar drew him into the world of 3D film technology, and he became a partner in Stereo D, one of the leading firms that converts 
2D images to 3D. Um, also, I noticed that they um, left out the other sister, which maybe not a lot of people know about, but he did play a mentally handicapped character, and another Wonder Years alum was in that movie as well. Juliette Lewis, you know her as Dolores, Wayne's girlfriend from uh, season three and four. She also played a mentally handicapped person, and they both fall in love in the movie. And it's a cute movie. I really like it. Also, Giovanni Ribisi was also in My Two Dads, which I watched a little bit of that. I got the first two seasons on DVD. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll look into covering that show. But, um, no, you know what? I gotta pull this back up on IMDb. I usually go from there and then go to the booklet. So let me hop back on there. Here we go. Season six. Psst, psst, psst. Whoops. Wrong thing. That was last week's. Okay, here we go. Okay. So, all right. This episode's got an eight. Whoa! It's got an 8.5 out of 10. That's really good. That's close to 10. This is based on 128 ratings wonder if we... Okay, so we do meet Jeff's, Jeff's mother. So he must live with his mother and then see his dad on the weekends. Um, has this girl been in anything else? The girl, This girl who plays a new girl? Looks like she really hasn't. This episode's directed by Greg Beeman. Writers Neil Marlins, Carol Black, who are the creators, Cy Rosen, is, and uh, Bob Brush are who this episode was written by. All four of them. There's no trivia for this episode. Goofs. Kevin's father tells him to get all the leaves out of the gutter when they are on the roof. There are no trees at the Arnold home or anywhere near it. Where are all those leaves coming from? Alright, so... Oh, the soundtrack just lets tequila. But it seems like the booklet actually sometimes will offer more of the soundtrack. Um, is there any connections? I'm not seeing any. There are no connections? Okay, well, whatever. Alright, guys. Let's jump into this episode, shall we? Um, I apologize if you hear me sniffling throughout just because I have a cold. I don't feel that great right now. Um, I'm happy that this week at work has actually probably been pretty easy. I've been by myself working, which is good, because I feel like utter garbage. I have sinus head cold. So it's not the flu. I got my flu shot, but... Uh. Okay, guys. Enough talk. Let's jump into this. For those of you um, watching the discs at home, this is the the very last episode on disc two and then the next episode after that of course is going to start disc three um we do have an r.i.p here i just realized and i recognize this kid because i've seen him and stuff um john paul stewart s-t-e-u-e-r he plays just some random child uh he was on the show grace under fire for three years he played um what's her name is her name the lady brett butler on um, who played uh the mom on grace under fire he played quentin 1.0 also sam harrington i believe is it harrington that played quentin the older version of quentin both of those guys were on were in the little giants movie 
Um, this boy played Johnny Venero, the one who had the absentee father who showed up at the last minute to see his son play a football game. So, R.I.P. John Paul. R.I.P. We actually are getting a cold open from what I'm seeing here, which I think these, didn't these just start in season six, but we haven't always had a cold open. It's like maybe they use the cold open to kind of give a little bit of a, because this is about Jeff's backst backstory. Um, you know what? I didn't even do the quote. Let me do the quote real quick. All right. Adult Kevin, narrator. By the middle of junior year, life in my school was becoming routine. The teachers, the kids, the classes, they were all pretty much predictable. Most of them, anyway. Jeff Billings, the new kid in school. When it came to unpredictable, when it came to unpredictable, this guy had the lock. In the short time I'd known the kid, I'd learned this about him. He had brains, a sense of humor. He had attitude. Yep. In a way, the guy had it all, including a girlfriend I'd never met. Julie McDerm McDermott, the legendary goddess from another town. So, this cold open has... We get a um, black and white footage uh, aerial shot of... Uh, suburb of a bunch of homes. Kevin is talking about how in the 1950s, you know, homes were being built and suburbs were, suburbs were being created. And there's a woman, this just looks like a picture of a woman actually mowing the lawn with one of those like push mowers, but it's the fifties. So it's just like two wheels and like a bunch of thin rakes, you, you know, the, the type, and then we got a couple, one kid's on a bike, another kid's just standing there, basically, Kevin, I believe, is just explaining, this is going to lead into Jeff's parents being divorced, or something to that effect, I'm guessing, just, and a child torn between two parents, or having two homes, or something. Oh, no, both those kids are on bikes. All right. Yeah, I I don't understand what this is supposed to be. I'm going to play this clip. I really don't. What is this? All he's talking about is the 1950s and homes and suburbs and a particular house being a person's. I'm just going to play it because this makes, I don't know. I thought it would lead into the episode or something, but it. Seems like it has nothing to do with it. Around the 1950s, something weird happened to America. There was a name for it. The suburbs. Each one had a school, a record store, and a name. Like Park Ridge or Ridgefield Park. Or vice versa. It didn't matter if Main Street ran north, south, or east, west. Somehow they were all the same. In fact, there was only one thing that set one apart from the others. Only one of them was yours. So, I mean, you guys heard the clip. Do you guys kind of get that? I... I don't know. You know, in my mind, because I've mentioned a billion times now how I hate this... This... Theme... Not the theme song. It's... 
picture, my mind, and, and you see the actor's names flash across the bottom of the screen. In my mind, I would just love it if it were, like, taking images from the other seasons and kind of, like, seeing, like, Kevin evolving, you know, coming of age, you know, 12 years old and so on and so forth. And, you know, Winnie and, and Paul are just... With that, with the actors' names and stuff, like, moments throughout this show's history, you know, because it's the sixth season. That's just me, though. I just, I don't like it. I don't know why they had to change it. Because it was good just the way that it is. I mean, if you think about it, it's, that theme, the opening pretty much stayed the same for at least... Four, five, even. I mean, they might have added footage towards the end of Kevin graduating from junior high, but and him getting into a car with Paul and Winnie. But that's about it. I really would like to know why did you change it? So we're in chemistry class. We come out of the intro. We're in chemistry class, and let me just say, Ben Stein, he is not. Although I don't think Ben Stein was it about. He was history, wasn't he? Social studies, and you remember the invite you, um, different things about the environment or something when they had to, you know, Weezer when Kevin and Paul had took the, the, the gerbils, the hams, the hamsters home, and stuff like that. But this guy, he's talking about, uh, chemistry. And while this guy's talking about, um, mixing chemicals together, the whole class looks on with dead eyes. They are totally checked out all of, some of them even look like they're probably fucking high for all we know they might be it's 1973 so i love how they have the one kid with the button-up collar and the sweater vest like oh yeah he's clearly uh one of those uh top-notch students who's looking on it even he looks out of it all those kids do chemical interaction if the solution turns blue, it's base. By the middle of junior year, life at my school was becoming routine. Carefully, okay? Add 20 milligrams of reactant to the solution. The teachers, the kids, the classes, they were all pretty predictable. Did he say 20 milligrams? Most of them, anyway. Yeah, why? Doesn't sound like much. Jeff Billings, the new kid in school. You know, maybe we should try 50. 50? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're both scientists, aren't we? When it came to unpredictable, this guy had the lock. So, 50? Yeah, or, you know, we could put the whole thing in. You only live once, right? Here goes nothing. short time I'd known the kid, I'd learned this about him. He had brains, a sense of humor. Pardon me, sir. Watch your step, young man. He had? Yes, sir, and, and thank you for bringing that to my attention, sir. Attitude. Very nice. I do my best. Yep, in a way, the guy had it all. Including a girlfriend I'd never met. Julie McDermott. The legendary goddess from another town. How is she? 
Who? Oh, Julie. She's great. You seen her lately? Uh, nah, but we talked last week on the phone. Whoa. What's that supposed to be? Nothing. It's just... How can you have a girlfriend 110 miles away? Yeah, you're right. It's over. And there you have it. A man with an answer for everything. My house this afternoon? Yeah, sure. So the boys are sitting there, and the teacher instructs them to put... 20 milligrams of this powdered thing into this liquid solution. Jeff's like, 20 milligrams, is that what he said? And Kevin's like, yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Jeff's like, hmm, you know, that really doesn't seem like a lot. Why don't we put 50 milligrams in there? And Kevin's like, really, 50? Hmm, you know what, why don't we just dump the whole thing in there and see what happens? Of course, Kevin does that, and then immediately the thing starts bubbling to the top, and it's, like, going all over the counter. It's like, move that book! Move that textbook! And, of course, you get the reaction from the teacher. He just hears that bubbling, in the, and we don't see what happens after, but... Jeff and Kevin are coming out of the classroom afterwards, and Jeff is like, I can't believe you put the whole thing in there. And Kevin's like, dude... You're the one who told me to do it! And Jeff's like, I didn't do that. <laughs> of course, Kevin and Jeff are rounding the corner. Jeff runs into a teacher that's loaded down with a box full of rolled up maps or whatever. And the guy just looks at Jeff like, Young man, you should watch where you're going. And Jeff's like, hey, you know, I... Totally my fault, man. I'm, I'm very sorry. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. The guy is fucking smooth with he, how he handles people. And Kevin admires this. You know, this guy, he's got answers for everything. And Jeff's at his locker, opens the locker door, and we see a picture of his girlfriend. And Kevin's like, hey, have you heard from your girlfriend lately? And Jeff's like, yeah, we, we talked on the phone. And apparently she lives 110 miles away. What is that, at least over two, three hours, maybe? And he says, you know, we talked on the phone. And Kevin's like, wow, really? And Jeff looks at him like, well, what's that supposed to mean? And Kevin's like, oh, nothing, nothing. So Jeff is like, you know what? You're right. It's over. <laughs> and he fake, he puts a hand, Jeff puts a hand over his eyes like he's like really broken up about it. <laughs> And he's like, hey, do you want to come over to my house after school? And Kevin's like, sure. So, yeah. So, it's just, this has clearly got to be a house, or is this an apartment? I don't know. But the girl looked familiar. I want to double check, because I swear she played Libby on uh, Party of Five season, is it one or two? Where's my phone? Where did, here it is. Um... Because I remember watching, she played um, Nev Campbell's character, uh, Julia's friend Libby, who was kind of, they're both kind of bookwormish, but then um, Julia started dating Justin, and she really didn't have a lot of time for Libby, Libby felt left out. Um, spoiler, I think the character committed suicide, I think. Okay, Alyssa Sheenla, this might be her. This might be... No? Hold on. I swear that is a girl. Wait, Julie. Julie, this is her, I think. Hold on. Damn, is she still working? Boom! Yes! She played 
four episodes from 94 to 97. Um, life's too short. Julia just and the rest of Grant High School shocked when Libby's longtime friend com Libby commits suicide. Julia finds a way tries to find out why Libby would want to end her life when it looks so promising. Blah blah blah. Um, I thought she had learned that whether maybe Justin and Julia were Justin was seeing Libby at the time and he and Julia were kind of together cheating on her so that might have been the cause of that but this is not a party five podcast i don't think i would um i don't know if i would do party five i like the show but it's just as the seasons went on it was just really i'm already you know with american dreams being an hour long and you can see just how often i get to that show but all right kevin and jeff are at jeff's place Make yourself at home. Right. If home was a two-bedroom poolside condo with boxes. So I see you've really fixed the place up. Yeah, I think it's all coming together. Are you ever going to unpack? Nah, I like it like this. Kind of uh, early American divorce settlement, you know. Hey, you guys. Hey. Hey, Miss Billings. <laughs> How was school today? A complete and total waste of time. I thought you learned that yesterday. Hey, did Dad call? Well, yes. But he said he can't come in this week. Oh. Sure, no problem. So, you want to play some ball or something? I know I have a mitt around here somewhere. Listen, Jess, since your dad's not coming in this week, do you want to do something? Like what? Maybe double or something? Can't. Why not? I told you, I've already got a girl. So you can help me find this clever knot. Sure. After all, no skin off my nose. When it came to life's problems, Jeff had his. So, Jeff and his mom live in a two-bedroom condo, according to Kevin. And Jeff's got... His stuff is still in boxes, so I don't know... <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so this is clearly, it's after the new year. It's in 1973. And so he's known Jeff. He's probably known Jeff for what? Maybe less than five months. Maybe. And Jeff's still got his stuff in boxes, which Kevin's like, are you ever going to unpack any of this stuff? And... Jeff, I think, is just taking his time. His mom comes in, says, hey, how was school? And Jeff's like, hmm, sucked. Waste of time, basically. And she's like, oh, I thought that's what you said yesterday. She, I like her. I like their little, even though we I, we may only just get this one scene with her, but I like that they, they're back and forth, even for that scene. She just, she's cool, and she's not your typical, she's not Norma. But then again, Norma is not divorced. But anyway. So he asks, hey, did dad call? And his Jeff's mom says, well, he did. But unfortunately, he's not going to be able to make it this weekend. So Kevin takes this opportunity. Like, hey, since your dad's not coming, do you want to, you know, hang out? We could do something. And 
you know, gone on a date or something, you know, with you know, Winnie and we can find you a girl. And Jeff is immediately re- reluctant. He's like, no, I told you I have a girlfriend. As he's kind of rifling through a box looking for a baseball glove, like, hey, I think I got a mitt around here. We can play catch or something. So Jeff is clearly finding some. He's bothered by the fact that his dad is maybe blowing and off, blowing him off and just saying, sorry, son, I can't do it. I'm busy. So he's clearly looking for something to redirect his attention on, like get his mind off, you know, his dad not being able to show up. So Kevin's like, well, Jeff had his issues. I got my problems, which is Kevin going and getting, he's wearing gloves, which is good. Because I watched that episode Three Men in a Comic, Three, is it Three Men in a Comic Book with uh, Simpsons Season 2? Where Bart was helping this old lady because he's trying to earn money to get that Radioactive Man Volume 1 comic book, which is a hundred fucking dollars. And Bart is using his bare fucking hands to clean out leaves out of the gutter and to pull weeds. I'm like, Kevin's got gloves on, which is what you should be using. You don't know what's up in those gutters. Slime and grit and gross dirt. Can you imagine getting that crap under your fingernails? Ugh, ugh. I don't like, ugh. See, when I help break leaves, which we'll probably be doing in another week, um, I wear gloves. I wear gloves. Because I like to keep my hands nice and pristine. Sure, you get all the leaves and mud out of there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're all the Arnold residence. No pool. Just gutters. Dad, have we done enough work for today? Yeah, can't we knock off for a couple of months? Just keep working. To my dad, his house was his fortress, his children, his slaves. Oops. I don't believe it. What are we going to do now? We go down to the hardware store and pick up some new fasteners. Wait a minute. Did he say... Me? Why me? Duh, look at me. I work all day. You're the one who broke it in the first place. Kevin, you're 16 years old. It's time you had some responsibilities. But you've got until next weekend. You think you can fit it in your schedule? Fine. Thank you. (laughs) Still, my father just didn't understand. I had better things to do than shop for gutters. I had my own life. You know, at first when I saw it, I'm like, oh, Kevin's cleaning out the gutters by himself. No, it's an Arnold men... Arnold men opportunity. An Arnold men activity. There you go. The Arnold men are cleaning out the gutters, and Kevin's being a little bitch because he's like, "Oh, Dad, can't we like knock off for like a while? Like, can we call it quits for the day? How long have they even fucking been at that? You think between the three of them, they'd be able to get that shit out of there no problem? And Wayne is like, "Yeah, Dad, can we like knock off for a few months?" And his dad, Jeff's not having it. Like, boys, come on now. You know, I don't ask you to do a whole shit ton. The, just, but unfortunately, as Kevin and Wayne are arguing, the fasteners or whatever holding the grate up breaks off, falls to the ground. So Jack's like, Kevin, 
Oh, Kevin's like, what are we going to do now? And Jack looks at him like, well, we, as in you, are going to get your butt down to the hardware store and get me some fasteners. And Kevin's like, Dad, why me? What? And Jack's like, you know what, Kevin? I'm not asking you to do a lot. You know, do you think you'd find it in your busy schedule to do this for me? And Kevin's like, fine. And Jack's like, thank you. It's like, you're living there rent-free. And Jack is like, you are 16 years old, Kevin. You can start taking responsibility. Man, I can only believe how Kevin's going to do in the workforce. We've seen him in the hardware store episode. We know that he's not a big fan of responsibility and working and shit. We've seen him at the Chinese takeout place working and bitching because I've been here three months. Shouldn't I get a raise? That's not up to you, Kevin. But anyway, when that thing fell, I'm like, well, that should be easy to clean it. Just hold it up at one end and just use a scraper like that Wayne had in his hand and just kind of run it down. That way, it's a shame, like, could you do that? Like, take them down, clear them out, and then put them back up again. Unless that's too much of a hassle. Because where is that? I mean, you're just gooping the, the, the leaves and muck out of it, right? I didn't even see, like, Wayne didn't have, like, a bucket or something. He was on the roof with, like, a little trowel, like, lifting the, the stuff out of it and everything. You don't even have a bucket. To, what, are you throwing that directly from the roof to the ground? I don't know. What would be the easiest way to do that? I mean, if you can do that, like, separate them and then remove them and then put them back up again, I don't know. I've not cleaned gutters. It's just... I think I had Jeremy do that last time. But Kevin is, like, thinking he's got his own life. He's got his own friends. As we see him now at school coming out of the lunch line. Kevin! My own girlfriend. This is Ann Shearer. She's new in school. My own girlfriend's new girlfriend. Hi. Hi. So how do you like it so far? Oh, fine. I'll see you guys in a bit. She's cute, isn't she? I guess so. She's funny. Aw. She's also a little lonely. Uh-oh. I knew where this was heading. Maybe you could fix her up with somebody. There it was. We again. Wait, don't do this. I hate fixing people up. I mean, it never works out, and it always ends up being my fault. Besides, I don't know anyone I need to date. Hey, you guys. What's happening? After all, the guy had a girl. No way he was gonna... Hi, I'm back. Hi. Hi. And this is Jeff. Jeff, this is... Welcome to the monkey house. You read Bonnie Kid? Oh, sure. Whenever I can. Did you read Slaughterhouse-Five? Yeah, Billy Pilgrim, Montana Wild Hack. She and Billy were so much in love. Yeah, but he time traveled. But they kept coming back together. Kind of like being in the middle of a furnace. And then... Um, yeah, I gotta get going. Huh? I just have some stuff to do, but it, it was nice talking to you. I gotta get a drink of water. 
was absolutely no denying it. So Kevin comes out of the lunch line, and Winnie is right there to meet him, and she's like, oh, Kevin, this is my new friend, Ann Shear. She's new here. And right away, Winnie starts walking with Kevin to their table, and she's like, hey, she's lonely, she's new, she doesn't know anybody, do you think you could? And Kevin's like, oh, no, 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 Winnie, I know what you're going to say, I it's not going to happen. Why do I got to be setting somebody up? This always happens, and when it doesn't work out, I'm the one who gets blamed. I'm not doing this. So they sit down. Jeff comes up. He doesn't even have a tray in his hand, so either he already ate or he doesn't want to eat. Or he bring, brung his own food. Um, he sits down there, and they're both looking at, and Kevin even thought to himself, it's like, no, Jeff's got a girl. He said so. Why would I want to hook him up with a new girl if he's already got one? And they're both, when he's looking at Jeff, like, hmm, prospect here. As Anne sits down, and Jeff and she turn and look at each other, and it's like a tractor beam pulling them in. He notices, he says, welcome to the monkey house, which I guess is a quote from, is it Vonnegut or somebody? Because she has a book on her tray. And they're just, really, their eyes are like zooming in, to each, like really tractor beam. And they're just the words of the books that they read. And you read this, and you read this, and Slaughterhouse-Five. And there's and Kevin and, and Winnie are just sitting back, like, watching this display. And they're just in awe and amazed at the, this connection that Anne and Jeff seem to have, like, automatically. But it's almost like as soon as it happens, Jeff breaks that connection, like, he's just feeling like, you know, he's got a girlfriend, and he's like, he doesn't want to be unfaithful to her by going with this new girl. And he's like, um, you know what, I, I have to go. And they're like, why? What, what do you mean? It's like, I just, I have to be somewhere else right now. And Anne's feeling kind of rejected, like, oh, wow, he, um, we had such a connection, and then he just abruptly left. You know what, I'm gonna go get some water. So, and Winnie is just, and Kevin just were like, did you see that? Did you see the look between them? And Kevin's like, yeah, yeah, I did. And now Kevin's going to confront Jeff about, hey, Winnie and I are going miniature golfing. Why don't you come with me? And she's going to bring Anne. And Jeff's like, no, no, I told you I have a girlfriend. I, I really, I, I don't want to do this. So I'm going to play this clip. And Anne is really, I gotta say, she is a very pretty girl. She's got dark hair, a nice semi-darkish complexion, her pretty eyes, eyebrows, her her shirt that she's wearing goes good with her, her hair. It's just very, very pretty girl. So, of course, she's talking to a guy, and everything's going great, and... All of a sudden, he he breaks contact, and he just gets up and leaves abruptly. I mean, if that were you, and you were talking to a guy, and you felt that connection, like you both read and everything like that, and he just up and, and just leaves abruptly, not even saying goodbye or, or, or nothing, wouldn't you feel like, oh, did I say something? Did I do something? What's wrong with me? So that's probably what she's got to be feeling. I have no idea what you're talking about. Unless, of course, 
You denied it. So you're telling me there was nothing going on between you two? Well, she was nice. Nice. <coughs> yeah, she was cute, you know. It... So you're going to ask her out or what? Kevin, I told you, I've already got a girl. And after hearing that about 800 times, it finally seemed clear. Unless, you know, it, it wasn't like, like a date, you know. I mean, it was something more like, I don't know. Unofficial. Yeah, unofficial. Unofficial. I knew just the place. Peter Pan's Putt-Putt, the miniature golf capital of suburbia. It was hip, it was happening, it was cheap. So Kevin asks Jeff, like, hey, why don't you want to go out with this girl? And Jeff's like, hey, I've told you a billion times, I have a girlfriend, I'm not interested. Um, you know, if it were just, like, kind of a group hang, that'd be cool. I just don't want it to be a date. And Kevin's like, yeah, we can just go unofficially and just, just hang out, just the four of us. So Jeff's down for that. And they go putt-putting at Peter Pan's putt-putt. Interesting name, and Kevin's like, hey, it was the place to be. Best of all, it was cheap and inexpensive. So, I guess um, Kevin, Winnie, and Anne kind of meet Jeff there, so that way it's not a... I think that makes Jeff feel most comfortable. So, it seems like Winnie's white leather fringe jacket has become... I shouldn't say that it's as iconic as Kevin's Jets jacket, which he wore for three full seasons of the show. But it seems like the last, like, handful of episodes, she's worn that jacket, so. But Kevin and Winnie kind of hang back and just, like, let whatever's happening happen with Jeff and Anne. Just, like, let's just stay over here and just let them hang out and converse with each other. And Jeff just, because Kevin's like, hey, well, I guess I'll keep scores. He holds a scorecard up. And Jeff and Ann aren't even looking at him. They're looking right at each other, and they're both like, sure. So, Jeff can't deny that there is some, either it's a physical attraction, or um, it's clearly a mutual attraction. They're both new to that school. They both probably don't really know a lot of people. They both like to read. Sounds like a setup for a romantic something to me. I mean, I mean, I figure, hey, if you're physically attracted to each other, if you share the same interests, although Jeff is still attached to his ex-girlfriend, or not his ex-girl, his girlfriend who's 100 plus miles away. Who he talks to on the phone. And the thing is with that. It's like long distance is difficult for any person. Whether you're an adult or you're a teenager. But I would imagine especially for a teenager. When you know your friends. Your parents probably say. Don't settle down with just one person right away. Because get to know other people. Go on dates with other people. So you don't really. You know. You get to know other people. And. That way you're not semi-settled down to just one person for the majority of your life. Because you'll have your whole life to be married to one person. But that's why as a teenager they say, get out there. Date many, many people. So you know what to look for when you eventually find the one you're going to be with forever or something. Yep, you couldn't get any more unofficial than this. 
life. And there was only one thing to say. So, uh, I guess I'll keep score, okay? Sure. Oh! So we entered the wonderful world of golf. Now, golf was a game of skill, a game that required finesse, grace, coordination, and of course, accuracy. Maybe you could just pick it up. What, take the penalty? Forget about it. Obvious that while my form needed work, Anne and Jeff seemed to have theirs hey. down just right. So why why'd you move out here? <coughs> my dad got transferred. So about you? Divorce. Mm. For a while, I thought my folks were gonna get divorced. <laughs> I mean, they never talked to each other or anything. I know what you mean. I'm never gonna be like them. <laughs> Me neither. It was like watching Romeo and Juliet. I think you're supposed to put it in the hole. By the 18th hole, two things were clear. One, the unofficial date was a rousing success. And two, golf was for idiots. There. So, anybody for another round? No. Yeah, you're right. There's no sense in fooling the perfection. Well, maybe we could, uh, go somewhere else. Like where? I don't know. The Point? Well, that sounds nice. The Point, where unofficial dates became official couples. Um, actually, I, 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 I can't. I, I should actually get home. Jeff, it's only nine o'clock. Actually, you know, I, I live a few blocks from here, so I'll, so I'll walk. But it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Bye. Just like that, Romeo took a powder. So clearly, Kevin sucks at miniature golf. <laughs> He's not doing good. But apparently, he, they, Winnie and Kevin noticed that Jeff and Anne seem to have a, a love connection. They're both bonding over their parents' crappy relationships. The fact that Jeff's parents are divorced. Um, Anne says that you know her dad was transferred, so he's clearly either in the Air Force, the military, or something. And she says, I thought my parents were going to get divorced because they don't talk to each other. So they're kind of bonding over that. And they both kind of say, oh, well, I'm not going to be like that when I get older. So, well, hopefully not. So at the suggestion of Winnie, because Jeff actually is like, hey, do you want to play another round? They probably played 18 holes. And Kevin's like, no, 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 no. Like, fuck no. If I were losing, I sure as hell wouldn't want to play another 18 holes. If that's even what they played. But to the end... Winnie is being a little forward with this when she's like, maybe we could go somewhere else. And Kevin's like, well, where? She's like, 
the point. Winnie, 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 you don't do that with two people that are just hanging out like that. And that's why Jeff is like, you know what, I, I, I actually got to get home. And Kevin's like, what do you mean? He's, and Jeff's like, well, it was nice to, to hang out with you, Anne, but I, I, I have to go home. I only live a couple blocks from here, so I'll walk. It's like, why would you suggest, you know, suggest just going to a burger shack and just chilling there for a bit with some fries and some milkshakes and some burgers? Winnie, the point is something you do if you actually want to make out with the person. Anne might want to, but Jeff is not ready to go there yet. He's still hung up on his girl, his girlfriend that's 100 miles away. And Kevin goes to confront Jeff. It's like, Kevin, you're going to make this situation a lot worse. You can't just fling someone into the dating circuit if they're not ready for it yet. That's why Jeff said, as long as this isn't considered a date, I will go miniature golfing with you and, and Winnie and Anne. But the minute that this turns into, let's go to the point and get to know each other and make out. And Kevin even stated, the point is where... People go if they want to, like, couple up and make out and everything. Jeff is not, he's not ready. He is not ready to do that. When he come, I mean, I know you want to see a love connection. You want to, like, gab with Anne about your boyfriends and this and that. And I think Winnie and even Kevin is not really seeing the picture here. You don't do that to somebody who's not ready. You don't, what in the hell are you doing, Quinn? Are you, oh. She's eating her food. <laughs> I thought she was chewing on some wires. She's not. Um, but yeah, like I said, you don't do that to somebody who's not ready to be in a relationship. And, you know, it's sad for Anne because she looks like she wants to hang out. She's single. She's ready to, to mingle and stuff. But Jeff is not ready. So why don't you find someone who's actually available who can hopefully have a connection with Anne? Not Ricky. Sure, I don't know if that piece of shit Chuck guy is with what's her... What the hell is that girl's name? Something in Autoland? Alice? Whatever the fuck. Ugh. Anyway, I'm going to play this clip as Kevin kind of confronts Jeff. Hey, Jeff, wait a minute. <coughs> what just happened back there? Well, let's see. I shot a 60 and you got about 180. You're not wrong. I don't get it. I mean, you two are hitting it off. Of course, I should have known. I told you, Kevin, I already got a girl. And there it was. The same old song. So Kevin says, Jeff, what's with you, huh? I thought that tonight was going to be a great time that you could, you know, get to know Anne and what and make out with her and I'll go make out with Winnie at the point. It's like, Kevin, you don't, you don't, like I said, you don't do that to somebody who's not ready to date. It's like people that are like, oh, you're so-and-so broke up with you. Let me take you out and you can meet this guy who's just now single too, or this person who's single who wants to get out there. It's like, you can't do that to someone until they're actually ready. And if he's already got someone, then case closed, you need to leave it alone. So, yep. Kevin, you done wrong. Winnie, you done wrong. 
Kevin's in the library looking at a book. Is it on what not to do? How not to set your friend up with someone who's not ready? So, I was under the impression that Kevin's really into books, but um, he meets uh, Winnie when he runs a corner. Winnie is there with Anne, and Kevin kind of feels like he has to apologize for that night with Jeff and just how he kind of left her hanging like that. But Kevin, but it's not up to you to apologize, okay? I mean, you thought you were doing a good thing, you know, setting two people up, him and Winnie together setting two people up, but just wasn't right, bud. It was not the time. It was not the time. And Kevin starts to apologize, like, you know, about last night. And Anne's like, oh, Kevin, don't don't worry. You know, Jeff, I, I thought about it. And Jeff, he's, he's really not my type. And I think in a way that she's saying that as a buffer for her own feelings, as in she's looking for something. Like, I think in her heart she feels like he is her type, but she's, like I said, she's trying to put a a block against her real actual feelings. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. You didn't do anything wrong. I thought he's not really, you know, my type and whatnot, which he totally is. He totally is, but he's not ready. Oh, Winnie, help! Why? Because Kevin, you know, Anne, like, leaves, and Kevin realizes, like, Jeff kind of broke her heart, and Kevin kind of tells Winnie as they're standing there watching Anne walk away. He's like, you know, I, I kind of feel responsible for this. And Winnie's like, he's like, well, it feels like it's my fault. And she's like, it was. It was your fault. And at first I'm excuse me, little missy. <laughs> You're the one who brought Anne over to Kevin. And you both can together concoct the scheme together. Don't throw all of this onto his shoulders. She's like, well, you set them up. Winnie, you brought the girl over there. You brought her over to meet Kevin. And then she sat down next to you guys. And then Jeff was there. Come on, man. Although, I mean, he did bring up the whole putt-putt golf thing. So, whatever. Winnie, come on, you gotta share some of that blame. Kevin, you need to, like, throw that in her face. By the next morning, the disaster on the 18th hole was history. Almost. Hi. Hi. Hey, Kevin. I don't know why, but I felt like I had to apologize for Jeff's behavior. Listen, uh, about last night. It's okay. I thought about it, and Jeff's really not my type. Oh. Yeah, of course. I'll see you guys later. Translation, he'd broken her heart. I really feel bad. I mean, I feel like it's kind of my fault or something. It probably was. <laughs> what? Well, you fixed them up. I knew it. See ya. <laughs> it didn't seem fair. I was taking all the heat for a guy. Ah, we seem to be missing Mr. Billings today. Who wasn't even around. Mr. Arnold, I'll assign you a new lab partner today. Try not to blow him up. Now, when he just walks away from him, like, oh, it kind of was. You set them up. Bye. So Kevin's just kind of standing there. 
at a loss for words, like, right, girlfriend threw me under the bus. Um, turns out Kevin's in chem class and Jeff is nowhere to be found. The teacher makes a joke like, oh, I guess I'll have to assign you a new lab partner since Billings is nowhere to be found. And please try not to blow up this next partner that I put you with. So where is Kevin? Is this the diner? And maybe he finds him at the diner? Oh, no! He heads to, um, Jeff's apartment. Or, is this a county? It looks like an apartment. So Jeff's kind of sitting there with his head kind of on his hand there in a beach chair. So I'm going to play this clip as hopefully they kind of uh, get down to the root of Jeff's uh, issues with the ex-girlfriend. Er, what the girlfriend? Why do I keep calling her an ex? She's not an ex, or at least not yet. She's not. That afternoon, I headed for Jeff's. Figured maybe he was sick. Or dead. Or maybe something in between. <laughs> hey. What's going on? Well, you know, I'm writing a letter. Working on my tan. In your coat? Yeah, well, you know, you can't be too careful with these dangerous ultraviolet rays. So why'd you skip school today? <laughs> I don't know. I just had some things to think about. Oh. I saw Anne. She say anything interesting? I didn't know what to tell the guy. Well, you know. I talked to my dad this morning. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? Not good. Bad connection. Listen, you want to talk about any of this? Okay. And finally, we were going to break through all the wisecracks and glibness. You know, I was thinking, uh, your golf game needs work. Maybe you should try using a bigger ball, you know what I'm saying? Like a, like a tennis ball or a bowling ball. Or... I don't believe this. What is with you? Is everything a joke to you? What do you mean? I mean, you have an answer for everything, but you never try and fit in. What are you, Ann Landers? What? There's a proper way to do this, there's a proper way to do that. I mean, it's really none of your business. Okay, if the guy wanted to keep it to himself... Fine with me. Yeah, well, forget it. Hey. What? You know, for your information, I didn't ask to move here. I didn't ha ask to have all my stuff put in some moving van and come to some new place and, and meet new people and fit in. My family was back there and nobody asked me. So that's it? You're just going to sit there by yourself? Oh, man, you don't know anything. Just leave, will you? Terrific. Hey, I didn't have to stay there and be yelled at. So, Kevin asked Jeff, like, hey, why did you skip school today? And Jeff's all like, well, I'm sitting here, I couldn't do school today, I'm just sitting here trying to, you know, write my thoughts down, and... My kind of guess is either he could be writing to his girlfriend, or he could be writing to his father... As in his father's kind of flaking out on his visits to Jeff and 
Kevin doesn't understand it. He's not a child of divorce. The fact that Jeff's life just completely went down the shitter when his parents divorced. You know, as he says to Kevin, well, because Kevin's like, I don't understand. Why don't you try to fit in and everything like that? You know, you just sit here by yourself and, and you don't try to make friends and this and that. And, and Jeff is like, Kevin, you just don't understand. You know, nobody asked me when my parents were getting divorced. Nobody asked me if I wanted to move here. And nobody, it's just like, you think that all of this is just, will go away if I just make friends and try to fit in and all that stuff. It's like, no. It's like, no one asked me if I wanted all my, sh my stuff thrown into a moving van to come here. It's like, Jeff Harley lived in a nice house and now he and his mom are living in a two-bedroom apartment. And it's just like, Kevin just doesn't understand. You know, Jeff had a whole fucking life in his other town. He had a girlfriend. He had friends. And he had to leave all of that behind because his parents couldn't live together anymore and they wanted to separate. So now Jeff is forced to make a whole new life and leave behind everything that he knew. So he just tells Kevin, like, why don't you get the hell out of here, okay? You don't get it. And Kevin's like, fine. And he's like, I think he's thinking to himself, well, I don't need to stand here to be yelled at. And now Jack is yelling at him. He's like, Kevin, why the fuck didn't you get those damn fasteners for the the freaking, um, the great, the, what the fuck is that thing? Gutters, the gutter, the fasteners for the gutters. And Kevin, of course, is probably going to start making excuses. Do we even see Norma in this episode? Because so far we've just seen Jack and we've seen Wayne. Maybe Allie Mills is just like, hey, I don't got to be to work today. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't get the fasteners yet? I could be yelled at at home. It's Saturday. How are we going <laughs> to fix the gutters? Well, I'm sorry, Dad. I forgot. I didn't do it on purpose. I want you to get dressed, go to the store, and get them right now. Okay, Dad. Fine. It's nice talking to you. And don't forget this time. And there you had it. Banished to the mall. Oh, hey. What are you doing here? Well, um, I, I kind of need a ride. <laughs> I, I need to get back to my hometown. Well, forget it, I'm busy. Well, sure, yeah, that's okay. I mean, you can just give me the keys to your car, you know, and I'll take it from there. Nah, I've seen you drive. I'll take you. So, it's Saturday, and Jack is like, Kevin, why didn't you get these things? That way, we can fix the fucking gutter and get the damn things taken care of. It's like, it's Saturday, you're gonna get changed, you're gonna get in your car, and you're gonna go to the damn mall and get these fucking fasteners at the hardware store. And Kevin is all like, fine, Dad, fine. Oh, it was nice talking to you, by the way, as he walks past. And for a second, I thought that Jack was gonna say something like, what did you say to me? I, 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 luckily, it, it didn't go there. It didn't go there, but, um, 
Kevin goes out to his car, and Jeff is just kind of leaning against it, and Kevin's surprised to see him there. Like, what are you doing here? He's not at all really happy to see Jeff after Jeff yelled at him the other day. And Jeff's like, hey, um, I need a ride to my hometown. And Kevin's like, forget it. And Jeff's like, well, hey, why don't you just give me the keys and I'll let... No, no, I'm not... No, I'm not giving you the keys to my car. Like, it was kind of stupid for Jeff even to suggest that, but... Kevin's got a heart in his chest, so he's like, you know what? Don't worry, I've seen you drive. It's not, I'll take you myself. So, Jeff needs to go down a little, no, needs to travel down memory lane. Maybe he just needs one last visit there to kind of like, you know, put everything into perspective and that way he can have a new lease on life and have, you know, he's got to, you know, close those doors for good, just... So, all right, here's a clip. So I forgot about the gutters and drove the 110 miles to Jeff's old town. I couldn't say why. All I knew was the guy asked me, and I couldn't say no. Hang right here. The funny thing was, his town looked almost exactly the same as mine. See this park over here? One time, this guy named Tommy Burns drank three six-packs and puked for four hours straight. Dad declared a historical landmark. Yeah, there was a petition. This town had history. It had tradition. Good soda, huh? Yeah, it had soda. But the fact was, I still had no idea why we were here. understood why he'd come to get back something he was losing I am I finished reading the book of Vonnegut short stories oh you did D did you like them yeah I love the one where the businessman let the deer go free it made me cry yeah uh, listen Julie I, I, I wanted to write you a letter but, uh, but I came here because, uh... I know. I, I, I couldn't do this any longer. I know. I met somebody else. But, but, but she'll, she'll never replace you, you know? I met someone, too. You, you did? I think about you all the time. Me too. God, I hate this. Me too. And I guess that's when I knew. He hadn't come here to hold on. 
he'd come to let go. So, this is really nice of Kevin. The fact that he's driving over 100 miles just to help his friend out. And, you know, Jeff wants to go visit his hometown one last time. And he, uh, Jeff is sitting in the passenger seat. He's kind of pointing to this park where he said, like, either it was a buddy of his or somebody that drank three six-packs and puked his guts out. So, I assume the six-packs are, like, a beer. So, he had... <laughs> What, eight, 18, ooh, that's not good. Um, but they wind up at a diner, and Kevin is just kind of recalling how this is such a nice hometown, and it had an old, you know, old charm feel to it. They're drinking milkshakes at this diner, and Jeff sees his girlfriend, Julie. So he mentions to her, like, I wanted to write you a letter, and... Just asking, you know, how are you doing? And he kind of cuts to the chase. Oh, um, she apparently likes Kurt Vonnegut, too, because he had loaned her a copy of it, of short stories by Kurt Vonnegut, and she mentions one of them, which she kind of cried at the end. So he's definitely into girls that love to read Kurt Vonnegut. And basically what it boils down to is this is really hard for me I, I've met someone else it's just I can't he just kind of puts his hands up to his his eyes and just kind of runs his hands down his face like oh this is just so hard um I met somebody and to Jeff's surprise so has Julie and I think they pretty much, they break it off. This is just really hard. The distance, of course, being the main thing. It's, you know, with phone calls, that relationship, you're not going to be able to de really develop it over just phone calls and stuff. And they're young, and they're just, you know, they need to spread their wings and meet other people. So at least none of them really have hard feelings. They're not like... I thought when she said, I'm also seeing somebody, that Jeff would be like, I can't believe you. But he didn't get upset. He just, he probably figured, like, yeah. It's been, you know, months and they've been away from each other that they've slowly moved forward to other people. But it's like, they don't want to give their hearts up completely to a new person when their heart is still left with the one that originally had it to begin with so I like that they're like I said they're able to part on good terms and Kevin is just driving him around and I think Jeff goes by his old house he has Kevin kind of stop there so I'm going to play the clip when you're 16 <laughs> you have no real control over your life it can be turned upside down and inside out at a moment's notice stop here what right right here This is my old house. My dad sold it about a month ago. Hey! Did, did you guys happen to see a glove around here? It's a, it's a Brooks Robinson, you know, the webbing's kind of shot and... and... <laughs> well, nice try anyway, huh? Yeah. This was a great house. Yeah. Maybe there are times, after all the wise cracks and jokes, when everybody has to come clean. I think my dad's never coming back. Hey! 
a lot. Really, yeah, I really appreciate this. You're all welcome. <laughs> so where are we going next? So Jeff has Kevin stop in front of his old house, and he sees a couple boys playing football on the lawn, and I believe he does ask, like, hey, I have this old baseball mitt, it's, the webbing is old or something, and the boys actually run inside the house, and they are able to find it, and they bring it back, and, you know, that's the thing, you know, Kevin says, you know, Jeff didn't ask to be separated from his old life. And, you know, he's just there, to, you know, one last good memory to see his old house, to end things with his ex, with his now ex-girlfriend. And Kevin kind of looks at him over the hood of the car and says, all right, well, where do you want to go now? And Jeff's like, let's go home. And I love how Kevin says when you're 16, you really don't have a lot of say over your life. Your parents can just pick you up and just drop you wherever when they want to pick up and move and everything. You have zero say in that. Kevin, of course, gets home. His dad is pissed. Like, you, where the hell have you been? Why didn't you get the fasteners? You know, you leave here six hours. You come home with nothing. What's going on with you? And I don't know why, but in my heart, I felt like Kevin was going to say this. And when he did say it to his dad, I'm like, it's almost like, yeah. He just turns to his dad and says, you know, Dad, I love you. And he turns and goes in his room. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah, his dad will get angry and they'll have fights and everything. But at the end of the day, his dad is still there and everything. And when Jeff had mentioned, like, when they're at his old house and he says, I don't think my dad is going to be coming back into my life. He's not, you know, my parents are not getting back together. And that's a hard reality to have to swallow. It's like, well, his parents are officially, if they're officially divorced, I can't see them getting back together. So, um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. I'm going to play this clip as Jeff is, Finally unpacking, finally setting stuff up in his room, making it feel like home. In a world of inconsistency and doubt, maybe home is what you make it. Like I said, most suburbs were about the same. Sure, some may have been a little bigger and some may have been a little greener. But basically, there was only one real difference. Only one of them was yours.
So that morning at school, Kevin and Jeff are walking up the uh, the entryway, and Jeff's like, hey, excuse me for a minute. He goes up to Anne and just says, hey, how are you doing? We really don't hear exactly what they, they're saying, just maybe he's thinking now that he can finally let go of his ex-girlfriend, he can move forward with this new girl. Like, he really likes her a lot and everything. They got a lot in common, which is great. So, yeah, he just, he needed one last time to officially say goodbye to his own life. So I want to read the end quote here. Adult Kevin, narrator. So, we went home. That day, I thought about a lot of things, like hometowns, like family, the shortcomings, the flaws, the arguments. Still, in the world of inconsistency and doubt, maybe home is what you make it. Like I said, most suburbs are most suburbs were about the same. Sure, some may have been a little bigger and some may have been a little greener. There was only one real difference. Only one of them was yours. So that's the episode. You know, I really liked this episode. I'm going to give this one I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Um, the only things I didn't care for was the fact that Winnie kind of blamed Kevin, even though technically she was also involved in the whole setting Jeff up with Anne. That was the main direction that she was hoping to achieve when she they introduced you know, her to him. And I guess... Uh, the fact that Kevin was complaining about, oh, I know, I gotta go get the fasteners for the, the, the gutters and blah, 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 blah. It's like, Kevin, you got a car, you can take responsibility, like his dad said. Um, the three things I liked about it, I liked, um, I liked Jeff and, um, Anne's immediate connection with reading, and they're just like that tractor beam that just pulls you in, that eye contact. Um, I liked that, you know, Kevin took Jeff to his old hometown to say goodbye, you know, to his girlfriend, you know, break up with her and move forward. He got to see his old house, get his baseball glove back. And I like the ending where he's finally taking stuff out of the boxes, unpacking and finally setting up his new life and feeling like making his home an actual home. And then, of course, saying hi to Anne and, you know, hopefully progressing forward with a real date to be able to get to know her and everything. So I don't believe we see her again. So, yeah, uh, Wonderly Words of Wisdom. Guys, like I said before, don't push somebody into dating if they are not ready for it. Because you're not only hurting that person, you're hurting the person that you could, that they have... You know, if they want to get eventually involved with this person, let them do that at their own pace. Don't, like I said, leave it up to them. Let them, it's cute if you want to, you know, set someone up with someone who's ready. Just make sure they're ready, okay? Just make sure they're ready and let them do it in their own time. All right, next week, season six, episode 15, entitled Hulk Arnold. After showing talent in gym class, Kevin decides to try out for the wrestling team with a hard-driving coach and tougher competition. Kevin quickly realizes that is a lot more than he bargained for. 
This episode's got an 8.2 rating. All right, cool. Oh, there's a review on here. Cool. I'm going to read that next time. I'm looking forward to another sports episode with Kevin. He's going to try his hand at wrestling now. All right, let's say hey to some new podcast listeners. We got Springville, New York, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mountain View, California, DPR, Wisconsin, Roeville, Australia, Mexico City, Mexico, and there's my dinner. All right, sorry about that. I finished my dinner now. <laughs> Guadalajara, Mexico, Ankara, Turkey, Pikeville, Kentucky, Israel, Poon, India, Atlanta, Georgia, Orange City, Florida, Rivne, R-I-V-N-E, Ukraine, Prague, Czech Republic, or Czech Republic, Abu Dhabi, Brampton, Canada, Mount Holly, New Jersey, Jakarta, Indonesia, Bogota, Colombia, Madrid, Spain, Quinn, you're not going into the basement, crazy cat, <laughs> uh, Jeremy's home to do laundry, and of course, Quinn wants to zip down to the basement, nothing good can come from that, alright, um, Madrid, Spain, Sun Valley, Nevada, Saudi Arabia, Cairo, Egypt, Newark, Ohio, Piscataway, New Jersey, Fremont, California, KIEV, so Kiev, Ukraine, Wilmington, Delaware, Cusco, Peru, Tampico, Mexico, guys, I am sorry if I mispronounce any of these, Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania, Istanbul, Turkey, Amity, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, Republic of Korea, An Amman, Jordan, Mexico, Algeria, Austin, Texas, Argentina, Russian Federation, guys, these are ones I can't even pronounce and I don't even want to try, Calabash, North Carolina, Painesville, Kentucky, Tucson, Arizona, Iraq, Belgium, Farm Denmark, Salta, Argentina, Brazil, and Malaysia. Alright, so everyone have a wonderful weekend. I hope if it's snowing outside, you don't got to be on the roads, that you're all nice and warm and cozy and listening to this podcast. So look forward to another Wonder Years episode next week. And also we'll have silver spoons for you this week this weekend as well. So, all right. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you.